abandon all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old man Grognard here. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're doing well. I'm uh, getting into some deep thinking about role-playing games and other things like that. And so I just started thinking about, in D&D, we have druids. And druids are fun to play. You know, you got the nature thing going on, the nature spirits and all that. And you can pretty much give party, you can be a cleric of nature, nothing wrong with that. Even if you're not in a forested area, because the magic of a druid or the faith of a druid is such where he brings the, to me, he brings the forest with him. He brings the wilderness with him. I shouldn't say that because there are different druids for different types of terrain. There's even like desert druids or something like that. But, you know, druids are true neutral. At least you're supposed to, in AD&D first edition, which I started out, they said druids have to be neutral. And I can understand that, but is there really a true neutral? I mean, yeah, we can argue about you know alignments until the cows come home, but thinking about alignments, even in the three-point system, there is neutral. And let's talk more about this after this. So there is true neutral. What does that mean? That means that you don't want to tip the scales of justice or or harmony or whatever you want to call it, one way or the other. You just want it to sit there in the middle and contemplate it or something like that. Well, there are certain people, like if anybody's ever done any Palladium gaming, like Palladium Fantasy or even Rifts or or things like that, or Robotech and other games that uh, Palladium has put out. Kevin Sambedia does not believe there is a true neutral, and he may have something here. He says his it says it has the alignments of lawful, chaotic, or something like that, and selfish, because he posits that there is nearly no true neutral. Everybody has their own agenda. Everybody has their own concerns. And I find that an interesting concept. And how would that relate to a true neutral character? Because to me, like I'm kind of of the opinion that alignments are something to strive for. And it's something to, to, to work for. I mean, if you're, nobody thinks of alignments really much. They're more of a personality morals thing. And, you know, you basically, you got to know what side's good and what side's evil. Not always, but, you know, it's, it's a, it's a shorthand for the game master and the players is that that's what it is. And I favor, as you know, I favor the three point alignment system because there's a lot of like, there's a lot of room there, a lot of elbow room for interpretation. And the same with neutral. I mean, somebody who tries to be neutral does not want to interfere in anything. And, you know, it's like the watcher in Marvel. (laughs) He just sits there and watches. He's supposed to anyway. But even then, they get involved once in a while. So, 
like I said, alignment to me is a it's it's an ideal. It's it's something to strive for because even the best person in the world, the most saintly person in the world, the most black-hearted person in the world are not going to behave to their true alignments 100% of the time. There's going to be mitigating circumstances. That's why the nine-point alignment system, or five- or nine-point alignment system exists too, so you can define it a little further. Me, I'd rather keep it vague so you can do personality stuff like this, which is really kind of interesting to me. But to me, true neutral, I think of the Vulcans in Star Trek. And they're not true neutral, but they're th true logic. And if logic comes neutrality, then, you know, there's that. But they're not true neutral either because they they're, they are ruled by logic. You think of Mr. Spock, but you say, hey, Mr. Spock is half human. Exactly. And that would that's why if he was a druid, he would struggle. If he was a Vulcan druid, he would struggle because he is half human. And there's the human side too, the emotions and things like that. See, emotions have a lot to do with it, a lot to do with alignment. You, If you feel something is right, you act on it. If you feel something is wrong, you try and correct it. That's the whole point of it. It's a it's a morality thing. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to deal with morals in games and sometimes in real life, too. But that's beyond the scope of this episode. But that's what alignment is. It's a moral compass. It's it's a it's a very vague moral compass if you want to use it at all. Some people don't even use alignments. That's OK, too. You know, I I have no problem not using alignments. I think basic fantasy has no alignments. So, you know, you figure you, you see the thing is one of the one of the criticisms to me of, of alignments is the fact that it it maps out that kind of thing too much, where characters can can do things or players can do things say, well, it's my alignment. Well, that's a BS excuse. That's like saying that's what my character would do as a mask for doing something heinous or something stupid or so, well, stupid is stupid, but I mean, something, you know, objectionable to the group or the GM or whatever. And it's the same thing. Well, I'm just playing my alignment. Well, you know, all those gods up there have alignments and for the most part, maybe not the evil ones, but for the most part, they understand that these are humans or other races, I should say, that are not as perfect as them. I know we're getting back to the old Greek hubris thing of, you know, they're just they're just a bunch of arrogant idiots up there or something like that. But the point is, a lot of the gods leave leave room for that kind of thing. That's another reason for the nine-point alignment system. It defines the gods a little more. And if you're, say, a cleric or a druid, and you're dealing with an, an, an alignment of a certain type that you happen to be, and something happens to change your alignment, well, you know, that's a problem. That is a problem. But on the on normal day-to-day -day activity, if you are a lawful good paladin, and you accidentally do something against that, I'm saying accidentally, you know, the God you worship may take that into account. You may still have to atone or something like that, but it wouldn't be a... It's like, it's like you're going to court 
for a misdemeanor rather than a felony. He will have you atone a certain way to a certain extent, but at the same time, he knows that that beings on on this on this world are flawed. Humans are flawed. Other races are flawed. So most gods take that into account. I'm not saying you get off scot-free. Like I said, you, he would have to atone a bit, but it would be more of a hand slap. It was more like it would be more like a warning, like "Don't do that again," type of thing. And I'm perfectly all right with that. I'm fine with that as a game master. I'm more than fine with it as a player. <laughs> but as a game master, I would adjudicate it that way. Alignment. This turned into an alignment discussion. Wow, I was going to talk about neutral. That's all right. You know, alignments are alignments. If you're going to use alignments, then you've got to figure out how you want to use alignments, how you want the gods to respond to things like transgressions or whatever day-to-day things that they're their worshipers deal with. An ideal working relationship with a god would be kind of like, you know, hand to fist. You know, you're in you're in attunement. You're in attune you're attuned to your God. But that doesn't always happen. So there's got to be some kind of arbitration, some kind of thing going on. Um so that's pretty much it as far as alignment goes. It's a moral compass. And to me, the more vague moral compass, the better, because I'm not trying, look, I'm not trying to sandbag my players with it. I, I, don't, I don't approve of that. But at the same time, I want them to take, I want, I want the deity to take it on a case-by-case basis. And I would take it on a case-by-case basis. We'll see, we'll see where it stands. Anyway, I'm going to go start my day. So, if you want to talk to me about this, hey, oldmangrognar at gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help this show, and I would appreciate it. Thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, and Daniel. You guys are great. Don't forget Mark C. Wallenring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear. And so until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.